the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are fortunate to be alive at this moment in history. I can hear you. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The truth is plain to see. If you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin of The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. Thank you for coming in and joining me. Go to ProAmericaReport.com, by the way, ProAmericaReport.com. You can sign up for the Daily Wink. You'll get a summary in the morning each morning at 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time, and you you will get... uh, well, you'll get the a link to a lot of times a link to this radio segment, the wink. Uh, so a few hours later, if you already heard this, you might not like that, but you have to, you have to click on it. So you're not getting that only. And then a, key, a few key articles, a few key articles that set the tone. You know, I've tell I'm telling I'm telling you what I'm telling myself and my wife and my children and my family, my children, my family. I don't, don't watch the news. You, you cannot watch the cable news. It makes you crazy. It's designed to make you crazy. So don't do it. I mean, I'm being serious. This is not a joke. I'm not saying this because it's only because they're crazy. I mean, they are bad. They're evil. They're nasty. But all of it, including Fox News, is it's all geared to make you nuts. And it's getting exhausting. And that's part of their plan. So ju- I, I'm just turning it off. I do not watch the news. I don't watch the Sunday shows anymore. I don't watch any of that stuff. It's not worth it. It's not worth the insanity that it's putting us through. So don't do it. All right. Anyway, but go to, so you get signed up at the pro, excuse me, proamericareport.com and you'll get a wink every morning. You get a wink email and then you'll be in good shape. Uh, all right. Let me, uh, let me get a couple things out of my way beforehand. Uh, first of all, you know, um, you've got to watch something and we'll come out we'll come back to this. But, you know, we were talking about this a few weeks ago. We're always ahead of the curve. You want to be too. I can tell you something I'm seeing in the tea leaves and it's this. America's schools are failing. It might be easier. It might be more accurate to say America's schools are flailing. I like to use the phrase flailing and failing. They're flailing around. I live in Northern Virginia now. You know, I've been from St. Louis, Missouri for 25 years, and I moved out here about two years ago. I live in Northern Virginia in Fairfax County, Democrat run, huge school district, huge amount of taxes, and they just can't figure out how to run. When they closed for the, the Wuhan virus, they went distant learning and they couldn't get the computers to work. So after two weeks, they just said, we're out. Nothing. All over. Amazing. Now they've announced that in the fall, the students will be invited back to school. It's public school. And some can go, uh, the inv- invitation back to school, there's three options. Stay at home and do virtual learning completely. Okay, that doesn't seem like much of an option. Second one is come in one day a week and stay home four days. Still not very good. The other one, I think, is two or three days a week at school, two or three days home. 
Parents are going crazy. They can't believe it. The parents that have, uh, you know, uh, daycare issues, because as you know, the American family is different than it's been. Two, two parent families often have both parents working, but there's a lot of one parent families, a lot of one and a half, you know, divorces, all these things. So the big, big American school can't handle it. It's happening all over the country. But here's where it gets interesting. The teachers unions, which are so powerful and have such an influence, uh, such strength that they get great pay increases and huge pensions. Places like Illinois, they're bankrupt. California, almost bankrupt from the, in the future from the pension uh, liabilities of teachers unions. But here's what the teachers are doing. They don't want to have to deal with school systems that have too many students for distance, for social distancing. So they can't get the classrooms. They can't get any. And they don't want to be exposed to things. So the teachers unions are now leading the country because they're saying they're not going to come to work. And if they decide not to come to work in most big urban jurisdictions, they can stop the school from operating. So my point here is the schools aren't doing a good enough job. Parents know that now from the distance learning. They can't figure out how to open the fall because they're paranoid about everything from, you know, uh, what Dr. Fauci says to uh, to uh, what the, the latest uh, threats are and latest, uh, you know, polls. They watch CNN, too, and makes them crazy. And then the teachers unions are piling on. So it's a disaster. It's flailing and failing. Could be a great opportunity for education. And then today, by a five-four—excuse me, five-four majority—the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that overruled Montana's state Supreme Court, which said a program that the state had passed, the governor had signed, which allowed money to flow to private schools as well as public schools, scholarships for kids. They couldn't block that on the grounds of it was a religious school, which means that other schools and other programs can allow money to come. A lot of times, it's tax—excuse uh, me, it's um, it's uh, scholarships for students, and it's based on income need and all. But the point is. The barrier, this church and state nonsense that said it couldn't be done. When it comes to education, you can u- you can utilize uh, non-public school, non-government monopoly schools. So school choice is coming. And my wife, who's smarter than me and, and is amazingly good at a lot of these things, even though it's not her business, it, you know, she's a doctor. It, she says school choice is the transformative issue and we need it. And I think she might be right. So this is coming. Schools, public schools, all schools actually are flailing and failing. And into that breach, there's going to be something that steps in. And I think that might be really positive uh, possibilities, especially because a lot of the education, a lot of our problems with young people is poor education in terms of our history and our, our, our policies. But that's not even what you need to know today. What you need to know today is I want to flag this because I, I keep hitting this drumbeat for you. And there's a reason for it, because even though these crazy people in this country that are doing, you know, uh, riots and, and marches, Black Lives Matter, everybody else, they're a problem. That's not our biggest problem. Well, that, that, that is a big problem. And I don't mean to minimize it. But on the horizon is the problem of China, as I've told you, the communist Chinese. And just hours ago, the communist Chinese in Beijing passed laws. There's a couple of laws, as I understand it, that will basically take away the freedoms of Hong Kong to, to govern and to govern itself. And this is part of the slow march, 25 years or so, since the British uh, left Hong Kong and turned it over to the to autonomous, to be autonomous, supposedly. But China said, we'll take care of it. And over these 25 years, they've eroded the relationship, the autonomy. And this is the sort of end point. It's not the end point. It's the maybe the beginning of the end. Beijing passed these laws. Hong Kong can't resist them. The world is too busy with its own problems. And you're going to see the end of Hong Kong. As an autonomous, you know, thriving market economy, it will now become a part of the communist regime, the communist Chinese regime. And my point in telling you that is only to make clear to you yet again, we're not dealing with honorable people. 
The communist regime in China is not honorable. And we, I'm doing a webinar for the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles uh, each Wednesday, and I got another one tomorrow. I do this webinar, one-hour webinar about the the, the, the problem of Chinese, co- excuse me, the problem of communist China and our second Cold War. We are in a second Cold War, and China has done this to us with the Wuhan virus. That's caused the economy. They're giving us fentanyl that's killing our kids. All kinds of things that are happening. They they took a lot of jobs, but they are primarily what you need to know is they are immoral because they are communists. They do not play fair because they don't believe in that. They do not believe in honor and truth and contracts like we would. So as they take Hong Kong. And they take it away. Just understand that's the kind of their, their thinking is not, oh, we had an honorable deal with uh, the British as they left 25 years ago. Oh, isn't this good? No, no, they don't care. They don't care. They're on the march. China's on the march. And what you need to know is whether it's 5G, whether it's technology related to uh, all sorts of other industries, whether it's our education system in terms of universities, which are absolutely infiltrated by the communist Chinese and their money. Remember, it was only a few weeks ago, NIH had 54 researchers leave, most of them fired, a few of them resigned, because they hadn't disclosed that they were receiving foreign money, and 93% of the disclosures that had been, the failure to disclose, 93% were Chinese money. That's not it's not like there was a lot of, you know, Peruvian money being uh, slushed around at the NIH. It was Chinese money. I bet you the other money was uh, something that was Chinese laundered. But I, I don't know. Maybe it was somebody else. Maybe it's EU or something. But the point here is this is the uh, this is the reality. This is the reality of the threat of China that there, that we have to uh, that we have to be aware of and understand. And I I know people say, well, let's worry about Black Lives Matter. It's true. There's things to be worried about with Black Lives Matter. I'm not saying there's not, but I am saying that you do need, you do need to understand the enemy that's around us. And I just watched it today and I thought, is there any media going to cover any of the China stuff today? Probably not because they're spending all their time talking about whether President Trump was briefed in person or on paper about some sort of uh, Afghanistani, you know, crazy thing. Who knows? I mean, who knows what what they'll brief us, what they'll tell us is important, but it's not what's important. And you got to know that. All right. uh, We're going to we got some great guests today. We'll talk a little bit about Antifa in a few minutes. We've got a guest. We'll also talk about what I call the uh, ongoing problem of prosecutorial misconduct. We saw with General Flynn, but there's other examples. And we'll talk about that. And I will finish today and later on the program. And I'll explain to you how the tech uh, crush is going to continue through the election. It's not a coincidence it's starting in June as they're knocking off uh, uh, conservatives from platforms. It's not a coincidence. It's intentional. The timing's intentional, and it will continue through the election. That's what's going to happen. All right, we better take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. You know, you've heard me talk, of course, a million times about General Flynn, about Roger Stone, uh, you know, Sidney Powell's book, Licensed uh, to Lie, which is extraordinarily good. LicensedToLie.com is the website. You can get a copy. It's right here on my desk. I'm looking at it. She's amazing on this. But the, the, here's the thing that's happened in the last, uh, I don't know, maybe 25 years, almost since I went to law school, started law school 25 years ago. But it seems to have accelerated. And I did a conference call this morning with some 
inventors, patent holders, and they were talking about the policy problems of the administrative state, which was basically uh, the discretion of the patent board to jerk around inventors in favor of big business and other things. Well, I, what caught my eye was a story. Alan Dershowitz, who I have often admired, his, he's one of the smartest lawyers around. He doesn't need anybody's money or fame, so he doesn't care. He's, I think he used to say he's a Hillary supporter, but he would say things about Trump and about how stupid some of the Democrats' attacks were. Well, I saw this story where he's a lawyer uh, for a gentleman who's with us now, um, and, and in, in this case, Ari Taman, uh, was um, he's basically been targeted. And what I want to talk to him about was the growing concern that you should have, we should have, about the impact of of what's going on and how people can be targeted. It's more about personal and political. And so welcome, first of all, Ari, to the program. How are you today? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm uh, Depending on the hour of the day, I'm doing okay. It's, uh, it's hope and despair uh, waves, I guess, when you're in this situation. Yeah, right so now, and, and, and you're, you're the founder of, a, you're, you're a tech guy. You're a founder of a, an AI uh, co- um, uh, commun- company, uh, GateGuard. And, and, and so, but walk me through, our listeners through, how, how what happened? I mean, what, what is the dynamic here where the discretion was out of, out of place? I mean, can you walk us through that? So, yeah, so GateGuard uh, came from this idea of what if, what if you know, an intercom was smart enough to track who's coming into a building? So people who are managing multifamily right. buildings, they're not at the building. Often, you know, they don't realize that somebody's running an illegal hotel. The Internet has sort of opened up a floodgate of all kinds of behavior. And then there's your more traditional illegal behaviors, your drug dens, your brothels, your dormitories, where a two-bedroom apartment becomes a, a place for 20 people to live. And the property owners are liable for what happens in their building. And there's also, at least until New York completely locked down uh, the ability to raise rent uh, last June, uh, a huge incentive to evict somebody who is abusing a rent-regulated unit and running an illegal hotel because you can make a $250,000 profit by refinancing the building after you get them out and renovate the unit. And so we created GateGuard, which tracks uh, the tenants, the guests, the staff, the vendors, everybody coming into the building, uh, and also turns mm-hmm. these hundred-year-old buildings into doorman buildings. You can now let people in through your phone. You can give them a visitor code, so it becomes a great right. amenity. And 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 right. we were across all spectrums of buildings, but we attracted uh, what's commonly known as the slumlord uh, clientele. Uh, in New York City, the guys who buy buildings for the sake of evicting often elderly and vulnerable people, unfortunately, you know, it's a it's a perfect example of where a liberal government means well, uh, but the laws only incentivize people to game the system in a way that harms people. Right. So because you have right. created laws that say I can't raise the rent unless I evict people, you're going to attract people who want to profit by kicking vulnerable people out of their homes, right? They, you know, sometimes they offer right. money to buy up, but it's never a good deal. If it was a good deal, then there'd be no profit in it for these guys. And so New York right. became very <laughs> adversarial, you know, and, and you see a lot of anger, a lot of hate. Ami Horowitz, who does these great, you know, uh, guerrilla videos where he goes around and interviews people, uh, interview people in New York about why there's a rise in anti-Semitic attacks. And almost consistently they said, well, it's because these landlords are kicking us out of our own homes, out of our own communities. I'm not justifying the attack, but New York's regulation that was meant to help people has created this very adversarial relationship. And I didn't know this going in. I was a, a techie, but not in real estate. 
And right. these vendors are also not great at paying their vendors because every dollar they save is worth, you know, a multiple in the refinancing. And so right. we we tried to collect from a handful of, of uh, slumlords. The, guys who, the guy who filed the case against me here is in the top 10 worst slumlords in New York City. New York keeps a list of, like, the worst landlords in terms of violations and complaints and such. And um, and he went to his bank and he went to the local precinct. He said, I don't have a business relationship with these guys. I don't have a contract. That's a lie. He did. Um, right. And right. a cop showed up in, in – we're based in Miami Beach on July 3rd at 4 in the afternoon. Probably not a coincidence. <laughs> uh, and threw me in federal detention center in Miami for five days, knowing, of course, that the courts were closed. Um and we thought that this would be over, that, that the young prosecutor would realize we have a contract with this guy. The contract allows us to draft their checking account for money owed, that our attorneys in email on the phone and I over messenger and email had repeatedly tried to collect from these guys, had linked to the contract, had sent them itemized lists of the amounts of money that they owed. It was nothing underhanded. And they had arrested right. me for counterfeiting checks because this guy went to his precinct and said this guy just like stole our money. They thought I was a dumb criminal who just counterfeited uh, checks. Wow. To me, that's like the most yes. To me, that's the most mind-boggling thing. Like they didn't make the logical leap from wait, you built a face recognition tracking intercom, <laughs> but we also think you're stupid right. enough to walk into a bank full of cameras with counterfeit checks. So they indict me, and the indictment right. says counterfeit check, counterfeit check, counterfeit check. It doesn't say anything about authorization. It doesn't say anything about the contract. And they, they do what uh, Professor Dershowitz called a constructive amendment. He didn't invent the term, but it's a constructive amendment. They change the case after trial begins and say, no, you, you know, basically they, they, they go, you didn't have authorization. Then they realize that these guys literally were emailing us copies of the contract in questions and then approving and signing up. So then they go, oh, no, you have a multi-page contract, and that's confusing to people, which right. SCNY just had a, a ruling yesterday saying that multi-page contracts are totally, totally fine. And, you know, Airbnb is a multi-page contract. We borrowed Airbnb's contract and, and changed it up a bit, but we were a broke startup. We didn't invent the structure of the contract. Right. Uh, did, did what? So, yeah, so, so, but so, so, so tell me why the, is it because the powerful meaning in, in Washington, I mean, in New York, the big, uh, landlords and the banks that fund them and all would be the ones that have influence over the Southern district of New York, the federal prosecutors. Is that the, you know, the, the, the point here that I tell people is we've gotten so far from sort of, I mean, there's always been prosecutorial misconduct. So there's always an opportunity for somebody to act poorly. What we've come towards though, is if you're the big hitters in a town, then you can get just for you and the little guy is stomped is that what is that what Dershowitz thinks happened here well I you know I'm not going to speak for Professor Dershowitz and he's certainly not shy about uh, speaking uh, <laughs> for true. himself so right. you know you're welcome to, to interview him yeah uh, uh, but you know I, I will say this the, the government doesn't dispute or they did and then they didn't that they're a lead witness a major landlord in New York perjured himself on the stand in my case. You know, taking right. aside the details of my case, you, you know, I, I, you grow up and you're taught what America is in middle school, and then your adulthood is a gradual uh, disenchantment with realizing that our values and what's actually executed are two very different things. And, um, you know, one would think that, like, there can't possibly be any 
court case out there, really, that's more valuable than the integrity of the justice system. In other words, once you have your lead witness, your, your main complaining witness, the guy who started the case perjuring himself on the stand, once you have the prosecutor hiding evidence, that's not a fair trial. Nobody would look at that and say, well, that's fair, and that's how we want our system right. to work. Uh, but What's, as you know, you, you, you reference Sidney Powell, there's, there's massive amounts of, of examples. There's books and books on prosecutors who just willfully hide exculpatory evidence, which is what happened here, <laughs> and convict you and know that, like, oh, if you're going to fight, it's going to be an appeal. It's going to cost you another million dollars by the time you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 Ari, we just got about a minute left. What's next? What happens next? Is it, is, 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 are, you, are you still in the process? Are you appealing? What's next? Yeah, uh, we're going to file an appeal. Uh, uh, an amazing appellate attorney who's a student of Professor Dershowitz is going to join uh, uh, to, to handle that. Um, yep. I'm facing sentencing. Uh, I, it, again, uh, it, could be, it could be brutal. I think the, the recommended sentence is 30 months. We're hoping, obviously, that there's some, some mercy. I've assisted uh, law enforcement a number of times and so maybe there's a sort of a bonus for cooperation um but it's just mm. astounding to me you know i, I build my clients yeah. according to a contract the government concedes that the contract exists concedes that they entered the contract and now the idea that there's a multi-page contract is some reason for me to sit in prison for two and a half yeah. years is it is, is uh, uh it, it's yeah, i'm telling you I, and and uh, and ari i'm sorry i got to run but uh, you know dershowitz when he sure. writes about this is so clear about how the system is being uh, has been uh, really um, you know misused so uh, hang in there keep us informed on it thank you for coming on with us and i, I will talk more about this uh, topic too in the next couple of weeks i've got some other ideas but i gotta run right now let's take a quick break we'll be I right back it. it's ed martin here thank on the pro america report be right back this is the pro america report on the answer san diego the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is a man named Brad Sherman, Pastor Brad Sherman. He is a the pastor and founder and pastor of the Solid Rock Christian Church in uh, Iowa, Corralville, to be uh, specific. He's also uh, he's a blogger and a writer. He uh, takes his faith into the political arena, and he's a friend of uh, ours. He received a Phyllis Schlafly Eagle Award, which is the highest award you can get from the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Uh, she created that. And she he, out in Iowa, where he lives, our great friend uh, Sam Clovis is there, who considers the pastor one of his mentors and uh, tammy kobza one of our friends is out there and uh, pastor sherman first of all welcome to the program how are you i'm doing well thanks for having me a pleasure well so i wanted to ask you this question as as someone who is again you, your pastor and your flock which is important but you've also written and sort of talked to americans our fellow americans and first of all what do you a lot of people feel uneasy right now so how do you talk to people about being less uneasy right it's just an unease in a lot of folks uh it seems to me you feel that too and how do you recommend people sort of uh settle down yeah well yeah that's definitely out there and uh you know i guess the the, the thing that really i try to always do with with uh, everything i'm doing in terms of political involvement and what have you is try to connect it to the scriptures and, uh, you know, one the scripture that comes to my mind is the one that says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. And I think that uh, the uneasiness you're talking about is simply fear. 
And, you know, we know, you know, the media are just fear-mongering right and left. I mean, they're promoting fear. They're living by fear. And uh, so what we, we have to do is to put people at ease by, by giving them information because power, love, and a sound mind uh, go together. And people feel powerless sometimes, and as a result of that, uh, they don't have the sound mind. And so we need to give people the information about what's really going on. I think, uh, you know, I, when you say uneasy, I think you're probably referring to the COVID thing as well as the riots and all that. But Yeah, uh, yeah, yep. I mean, in, in my opinion, you know, the I take the virus, for instance. I mean, it's a real virus, but in my opinion, it's a fake pandemic. And so we just mm-hmm. need to give people the information to help them understand, mm-hmm. you know, this is not the end of the world. Right. Right. Uh, we're talking about, and, and I meant to say, one of the websites that, that you've got some of your books on is, is called knowledgeispowerproject.org on there. The one I like, I, I love these kind of things for my kids and others is the Freedom Quiz, uh, which is a book there, but, uh, and a, a number of other ones. How, 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 you know, one of the things that Tammy Cobes and my friend and your friend were, were talking about back and forth on email was um, how do you, how we think about, you know, the, the, the threat of Antifa. And, you know, we saw my old hometown, St. Louis, you got these people, you know, rushing into a private property and you got a homeowner standing up. You, I've got a friend of mine on Twitter who is really asking the question, what do you do to get ready if you're targeted? You know, if you if someone comes to your house, you know, I just saw a video online of a, of a guy driving through a neighborhood in Provo, Utah, on Main Street, and he gets a, a, it's protesters around his car and they fire shots towards the driver. You know, so what do you do? It is a real threat. And it's a real problem. How do you get people ready for it? Well, I think, you know, when it comes to defending your own home and defending your family, I think self-defense is certainly a valid option when the, when the threat is clear. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody wants yep. to be involved in a situation like that. We want to avoid it at all, you know, if at all possible. But if somebody's right. coming to your to your door and to your neighborhood. I mean, there's biblical precedent, you know, for defending yourself. In fact, I I find the basis for the whole Second Amendment concept in the book of Esther, because, you know, Haman had had devised a law that couldn't be changed, and the result was going to be the genocide, you know, of the Jews. And so when Mm -hmm. Esther uh, made the king aware of it, he made another law that said you can defend yourselves and your property. And uh, and so they and the, when you read Esther, the book of Esther, there that what they did was they armed themselves and they defended themselves. And it's not real clear in Esther, but the principle usually is this: that when you have the ability to defend yourself and and are and you're armed, you usually don't have to use it. And uh, right. that's one of the right. biggest principles. Yeah, uh, we're talking with uh, 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 Pastor Brad Sherman, and again, a website, website for some of his writings, knowledgeispowerproject.org. dot org. It's the one I like. Uh, uh, let me let me ask you a different way um, too. Uh, a lot going on. People are tired. There, it's now summer and all. There's uncertainty because the economy's been you know uh, paused, and uh, you know, the, and yet. I, I tell people it, it feels like uh, we're called to do more, right? Even though we feel like if you come out, they say terrible things about you. You know, if you say something, uh, you know, one of the issues that I keep talking about and I get just driven, they drive them crazy on social media is the transgender and the movement to, to take all these choices you make and, and make them into transmutable, you know, principles as if God made transgender. And But my point here is that you got to fortify yourself to be ready for all these fights. And I'll 
often use the phrase, uh, Brad, that I say you have to have confidence, meaning you, with faith. If you have faith, then you say, well, it's going to turn out the way it has to turn out. I'm not going to be dumb. I'm not going to be lazy. I'm not going to be unprepared. But we have to be a little more confident in this country, too. It feels like people are losing that confidence. What do you think? Well, uh, Jesus said in John eight fourteen, he said, my witness is true because I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. And mm. I think I think when he what I get from that is that he had a he had a clear sense of identity. He knew who he was. He was confident in his mission. He knew where he was going and he knew where he came from. And I think one of the things that's missing so much in, in the body of Christ in general is just a foundational element. I mean, that's the thing that I'm really I mean, one of my other websites is uh, is Kingdom Core, one word, KingdomCore.org, and that's really devoted to establishing some foundational training material for Christians, because I think without foundations, what can the righteous do is what the Bible says. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. our boldness that you're talking about comes from having a clear foundation, knowing where we came from and where we're going. And that's one of the things that that they're trying to do right now is erase our history. We, you know, we got to know, we got to keep a firm grasp on our history and then also understand what God's plan and and strategy is for this earth. And I, I venture to say that Laura, and I'm, I've talked to a lot of Christians, uh, you know, around the country, and I, I can tell you a lot, large percentage of Christians don't have a clue when it comes to God's strategy and what to do. So I think work, you know, establishing that foundation and creating the what I call the long game. You know, the enemy has mm-hmm. a long, has a long game. They've been working. The Marxists have been working this stuff for for, for decades and decades and decades, and we find ourselves primarily just you know reacting instead of being proactive and putting out fires so to speak, and literally, you know, nowadays sometimes. But, uh, you know, we, we've got we've to get our long game figured out and get our vision clear, and then we're going to have the boldness to move forward with it, I think. The um, I think so. And and um, and I think you're right. I mean, I think that people need to understand sort of where they came from now. But let me say it this way. You probably seen it better than I do because you pastor a church and you got a few years on me. The younger people have grown up now without the the formation and in school i mean mostly um a lot of them right and they so i the one i, I tell people as an example it's a, it's a sort of a it may seem minor but it's real we used to say the pledge of allegiance every day and young and you were sort of bound together with one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all it was you know all that was wrapped in it was it was in a way a chant that we all chanted that bound us together but it was a chant that had values that were that were, were you know, sort of unique to america and now a lot of people are beyond you know you say let's get back the core and again i'll say it's a uh, kingdomcore.org is the website uh, pastor sherman just mentioned but can we a lot of these folks are they lost i mean i know they're not lost for good but is are we past the point where we can teach them i mean it feels like it's slipping a bit well, yeah, I mean, the educational systems have, have programmed people to, you know, to be compliant and to accept socialism and Marxism and what have you. So, I mean, that's another big thing that I think we all need to be involved in is educating people. And uh, that goes along with what I was saying a minute ago. But, but on the other hand, historically, when you look at situations like this, it's going to take what we call a revival or, or an awakening in our country. And, mm-hmm. you know... I mean, we're standing at a crossroads right now, and we're and we're crying out to God to intervene. You know, we need it, but, and and so it's going to take His power, and we need to be humbling ourselves and praying and seeking His face and asking Him to heal our land. 
and uh, but it's and he's going to use government because government's his idea. I mean, God God established the institution of government, but the problem is with so much of the Christian uh, culture t- nowadays that they they've just delegated that to the to the unbelievers, to those that don't don't understand biblical principles for government. And but the government needs our help too. The it needs help from the other two institutions that God established, which are the family and and the church. So. In, in fact, the family, needs, the church needs to be speaking into the families and into, mm-hmm. you know, civil government uh, to bring the yeah. godly principles to bear. So, but but it's got to have it. God's going to have to breathe on this land, and so we're crying yep. out. We can't do this on our own. We've got to have His power. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Pastor Sherman. And again, I'll put up on social media, kingdomcore.org also is a website of his and knowledgeispowerproject.org. Thanks for the time. I got to run. Unfortunately, uh, we will. Uh, we'll talk again. I, I think it'd be good for you to come on and uh, keep talking with us. So thank you for your time, Pastor Sherman. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. By now you've probably heard of the Little Sisters of the Poor. They're a charitable group of Catholic nuns who minister to impoverished elderly people in need. Unfortunately, they are more famous right now for their legal struggles than for their admirable charity work. For six years, the nuns have waged a fight for a religious exemption to the Obamacare mandate that forces employers to cover abortion-inducing birth control in their health care plans. Of course, for Catholic nuns, this would be a clear violation of their sincerely held religious convictions. Unfortunately, religious conviction doesn't mean anything to the pro-abortion leftists who have persecuted these nuns for six long years. The timeline of their persecution is infuriating. The Supreme Court granted the Little Sisters of the Poor a religious exemption from the Obamacare mandate in 2016. However, as soon as President Trump protected religious nonprofits in a new rule, pro-abortion states sued again to get the protections removed. If you're looking for someone to blame for this senseless persecution of charities, you can look to some very familiar faces. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi joined a letter calling pro-life conscience protection despicable even though she claims to be a Catholic herself. She was joined by 148 other U.S. House members and 37 U.S. Senators. These leftists just don't get it. For them, the right not to support abortion is just a political talking point. All they want is another notch in their belt. It doesn't really mean anything to them. However, for the Little Sisters of the Poor and countless thousands of other religious charities who serve our communities, this is about their most deep-rooted convictions. This is literally life and death to them. And to force these organizations to fund abortion is as un-American as it gets. This isn't some dictatorship. This is America. Religious conviction is supposed to mean something. These are the same religious convictions that compel charities to feed the hungry, clothe the poor, and comfort the sick. The very best thing we could do for our communities is let religious people live out their faith with full protection of the law. We can't let the left turn conviction into a dirty word. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Do you like what you see at the Trump White House? Will President Trump continue to advance conservative ideals? At phyllisschlafly.com, you gain complete access to Phyllis Schlafly Eagles news updates and commentaries and can track our work on Capitol Hill. 
go online often to phyllisschlafly.com. And thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Go to ProAmericaReport.com. Don't forget, sign up there, get the Daily Wink. Uh, and uh, a lot of the, we do a lot of the show, we turn them into a podcast and standalones. You can go there and check them out. Standalone segments, if you're interested in the two segments we just had, or I uh, want to track back down with uh, uh, Brett Decker or Andrea Kay was on the program yesterday. You can go to uh, ProAmericaReport.com. It kicks through and you'll see all the standalone. And of course, the podcast is always available at TheAnswerSanDiego.com also. TheAnswerSanDiego.com. Alright, let me get to, to this one. I want to tell you something i want to be very clear about this we have talked about the problem of big tech right this story has been around the story of the power of big tech whether it's amazon google youtube uh facebook twitter you know that's been that's been going on for uh, a year and a half two years we've talked a lot about it and the question is now have you noticed in the last two or three days you know we have a it seems like oddly coincidental that they're moving on People who are more conservative. Carpe Donctum, a meme maker, very effective guy, makes memes sort of in the MAGA front mindset. He's knocked off a of Twitter. He had huge impact on Twitter. Knocked off. Stefan Molyneux, who is a conservative, but he's and he's kind of libertarian conservative, not really libertarian. Actually, it's not fair, but they always call him um, names. He's knocked off a of Google YouTube. Millions of viewers, right? Um, I mentioned a Reddit. Reddit has a, a Donald Trump uh, a, a thread and subthread um, all knocked out, right? Over and over. What you might have missed was last week the president was interviewed and the interviewer said, do you think that you'll be knocked off of Twitter? And the president said, yeah, by election day. And my point here is he's exactly right. And, and, and what becomes Twitter has now been flagging the president's tweets, marking them. Now, think about this. They're not marking anybody else's. Have you, have you heard anybody from Black Lives Matter complaining that they're being silenced on Twitter? No, because they're not. Because they're afraid of them. In fact, you'll see some of the policies will say, in fact, I can't remember which of the tech companies had a policy that said, you know, we will not discriminate against anyone, but understand that the, uh, that the, the, the um, uh, if you're in the majority, meaning white, you can you you know you you can be discriminated against. It's incredible, and so it's uh, I don't know at this point how this goes on um, the uh, and, and what the uh, reality is uh, of what's going to come. But I know it's not going to stop at this point. It's clear it's not going to stop, and so the question now becomes: Is there something anyone can do about it? I mean, is there something we you know we can expect our leadership to do about it? Because at this point. It's the march is on, right? Big tech is marching towards that. If, you, if you're if you on Facebook, I'm having a problem on, on Periscope on Twitter that I can't get anybody to answer uh, uh, why my Periscopes are sort of not allowing enough people to come on. They used to get 50, 60, 100, sometimes 150 live viewers, and I'm stuck at maybe 8 or 9 or 10. And I can't get Twitter to answer why. They've told me it was a technical problem, and I changed out my phone. I do use a different device, still nothing. Um, so it's, it's a strange situation. But my point here is big tech is on the march. They're not going to stop until after the election. After the election, they're probably going to go quiet. It depends on who wins or loses. But you can count on between now and the election more throttling back of, the, um, of, of conservative voices. So now you say to yourself, what are the chances that we're going to have actual leadership out of the Republican Party in the Senate, 
The House is in the minority. There's not much they can do. Is there going to be any? And the answer is no. The answer is there will not be any. The, 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 the talking point in, in the swamp will be, we can't do anything in the Senate because it won't go anywhere in the House, so we're not going to bother. And we got people that are running for re-election, and we're not going to bother. And we, when we win the presidency again and we have the majorities, we'll do something then. You know, when the history's written, we'll go back and look at it. And, you know, Mike Cernovich has often said this on Twitter. Uh, if you at Cernovich, if you follow him, he'll often say, you know, uh, what, did, what did Paul Ryan, when you had the presidency, the House and the Senate for two years, what did they do? Tax cuts. That's it. They didn't rein in big tech. They didn't you know, find ways to, to do things like uh, limit the power and impact of, uh, of the technology companies. None of that. Didn't bother. And, uh, and now we're another two and a half years into it. Three years later, we have, you know, scores and scores of lobbyists that are making sure there's not going to be real, any real action against them. It is. Um, it is but, but back to my assessment for you. I think you should go to Parler if you can. I'm on Parler. You should go to, uh, you know, you should go uh, to all those different places and find new voices. But the fact is they're going to keep finding us and they're going to keep pushing us. Uh, away from that uh, of those platforms to try to silence us. And uh, one last observation: in 2016, the left and the tech companies assumed Hillary, uh, Hillary was going to win, so they didn't they didn't pull out all the stops. They didn't think they needed to. Now they're pulling out all the stops. All right, one more comment I want to put up. I put up on social media a great piece by David Limbaugh. David Limbaugh, of course, uh, is a great writer himself, has written dozens of books. He's uh, Rush Limbaugh's brother, and uh, he wrote a piece which was very good over on, uh, on uh, I guess, Fox News about his opinion. He wrote a book a few years ago. Well, not a few years ago. A year and a half ago. He wrote a book, came out in 2019, and the book was about the American left. And um, the, big, the book is called Guilty by Reason of Insanity. Uh, and it's uh, about the, the, le- the Democrats and what they're doing. And his point is they're not going to stop. They're not stopping at uh, George, uh, George Floyd. They're not stopping at any of this stuff. They're on the move. They're also on the move. It seems to be my theme today. They're all on the move. They're on the move to try to take away who we are and what we're about. And David Limbaugh's opinion, he said he predicted it last year, is here's where this is heading. And don't think it's going to stop. And I think that sounds about right. All right. Hey, listen, I want to give a shout out to Noah, our great technical director, who's still out sick. Have a Say a prayer for old Noah. He's been battling a little bit of a cold, uh, so he's out again. Thank you to Randy for stepping in and helping in his stead. But we miss old Noah. Tell him, uh, you know, spread the word if you uh, if you think of it in prayers and others to pray for him. He's a great guy and has been working really hard. The, uh, the uh, station had him working a lot of hours. And so anyway, he's a little run down. Hopefully he'll get better and we'll be praying for him. And thank you again to Randy and also to Joanna for helping us produce the show. We will be back uh, tomorrow night. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com to sign up and also go to the TheAnswerSanDiego.com to, uh, to track all of our podcasts and the great Andrea K. Show and more. We'll be back tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro America Report. Talk to you then.